Hey, San Diego First Church. My name is Matt Wilson. It is so good to be with you again. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I am with our lead pastor, D. Kelly. Good to see you again. Thanks. Go First Impressions. <laughs> Go First Impressions. Uh, as uh, D. mentioned, we are looking at our first impressions of the passage that will be the text for our Sunday sermon uh, coming up. Let's see. It's this uh, February... 22nd? 20... No, 19th. 19th, I was yeah. about to say. I think it's the 19th. 22nd Every... is Ash Wednesday. 22nd is Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Which is a um, fun part of our church community, celebrating in an intergenerational way, the imposition of ashes, that we're going to dust. We've come from dust, we will be dust, and that God works in between those places in life. But this Sunday, we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 10. And 11, and then it skips through a few few verses, and then has us continuing in verse 16 through 23. Um, as is our practice in this First Impressions podcast, I'll actually read uh, this section of scripture, and, and uh, we will chat about what our first impressions of it are. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. Now we pick it up in here in verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves if you think that you are wise in this age. You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the, the world or life or death or the present or the future. They all belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Here's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So D, this passage, it hits on several different notes, several different areas using different metaphors. Uh, for you, what are your first impressions? What jumps out to you right away? I, it, sometimes on a first reading, not much jumps out. Sometimes on a second reading, more jumps out. Um, I've read through this passage a couple of times. And for me, it's one of those passages that as you read it, um, like the spiritual discipline of reading the same passage over and over again, um, some things begin to emerge. And that's been the case for me in this particular one. And uh, let me mention a couple of them and then see what um, comes to your mind as well as you look at this. Yeah. Um, I, I do always like the metaphor of uh, building foundation, the things that you build on that foundation, building a house, building in this case, you're the temple. Um, so there's some wonderful architectural uh, design metaphors here that are part of this, which yeah. is intriguing. Um, but I'm also intrigued by a couple of things in regard to that temple. First is the language there of the you 
not really being a singular you mm-hmm. um, to the individual that you're the temple, but you collectively form the temple yeah. of God. Yeah. Um, I do find it easy for us to go to either extreme in our spiritual journey where um, maybe typical of at least some portions of Western culture where we are the lone entrepreneur, we are the cowboy of the West, where we are um, tackling everything by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we've drawn that into our spiritual journey and giving a whole lot of attention to our one-on-one relationship with God, which is important, but misses us so much of what scripture teaches us about what it means to be the community of faith. And the other extreme is that we so defer everything to the community of faith that we don't take the personal responsibility of being a vital part of that community of faith by being vibrant and current and relationally connected to our creator. And so even though this is referring to collectively you are the temple, it would probably be missing other portions of the New Testament and Old Testament by not acknowledging that the other part of that is to be vitally connected as an individual, that Mm. both of those are very true. And when I look at both of those, it makes the statement that if we destroy the temple, the body of believers or ourselves, Mm -hmm. we destroy ourselves in the process. It's almost as if God has written into the fabric of creation that if you do certain things that are destructive, what you reap mm. is that um, things aren't going well. <laughs> yeah, And yeah. it's easy then to blame God, but it seems to me that the arc of the universe is to try and continually push us back into being caretakers mm. of God's creation. Yeah. Both the collective us, we, as well as who I am, my physical, mental, spiritual health, and that in taking care of those things, I begin then to reap the um, outcome of those good things as time passes. So that certainly jumps off the page to me. I'll take a breath here. Let me turn it back to you. <laughs> no, I, I had that jumped out to me as well. Not just the collective nature of the temple language here, but just the, um, the theology and theme of temple on the whole, um, which we in our kind of um, maybe modern imaginations think, well, that's just the place that the Jewish people worshipped was at the temple or in, the, in a Gentile um, uh, imagination that you know you think of the the great or um buildings of rome and of athens and, and the the temples there to all the different gods that these are places of worship um and i absolutely think that's the case i think within the jewish imagination though in which i think paul is pulling on which is this idea that in the temple in jerusalem where jesus goes cleanses it out right where um so much of the uh, jewish imagination is around how they worship god there is also this idea that in that place in the holy of holies this is where creation god's created order meets and overlaps with heaven mm. this is where heaven and wow. earth meet um in the gospel of john uh, it makes this explicit 
right? In the like, when he's talking about cleansing the temple, he's saying like, and I'm going to, this temple will be destroyed and I'm going to be rebuilding it in three days. And the later on, a few verses later, John's like, yeah, and his disciples realize he's just talking about himself. That, that yes, it's the body where heaven and earth meet, but that Jesus, Jesus's body Hmm. is where Hmm. heaven and earth meet. Um, where God becomes incarnate. Um, and then Paul, I think, is, and rightly so, radically so, then translating that with us. Wow. With, yeah. with the church. That yeah. we, in our being community together, is where heaven and earth meet. And that, like, th- th- therefore, the sacredness of what Paul is saying is, I, I think, even uh, thicker and richer because it, yeah, like we would not, we would not seek to destroy the body of Christ because it is where heaven and earth meet. Um, it should kind of, you know, not just shock us into what we're doing when we gather as a church, but also what we do in a kind of an, uh, the mundane things of our, you know, what we do on a Wednesday or how we gather in community groups or, you know, how we're being church in our neighborhoods. Uh, that is sacred work because that's where heaven and earth are meeting. And you ignore it or undermine it at your own peril. Yeah. Because it ends up not only undermining um, the community, but because of that, it ends up harming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think gets to this later passage, and I love your insight on it, where he then just turns it towards... So no one let so no, let no one boast about human leaders, and then he brings back in what we talked about last week, what Mark preached on with Apollos and and Paul being these figures within the church as leaders. He then Paul goes back to this idea of human leaders, and and I think it's even more pointed for human leaders who, I mean, and will like self confess we would. People would understand us as, as leaders, human leaders of the church, this church, and how much more than the like responsibility and the the weight of leadership on making sure that our church is whole is reflecting that meeting place between heaven and earth, mm. because we're leading this this section of Christ's body. I felt very intimidated <laughs> personally <laughs> in reading them, like. Oh, this is a sacred act of being a leader of a church in this way. I think it's appropriate to be concerned if somebody doesn't feel intimidated yeah, in yeah. those moments. Um, if somebody doesn't feel nervous um, stepping into a place of teaching or preaching. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't feel nervous knowing that you're holding um, collectively with everyone else this place of worship. Where, as you so beautifully put, heaven and earth come together. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very sacred moment. I, I will add one more thing that ties into that, but comes at the very end as you described. And it's one more way in which it feels like God in creation wove some things into how creation works that we ought to pay attention to. And that's where um, it's said by Paul that um, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. That phrase, Mm. all are yours, um, 
resonates inside of me with all kinds of implications. But I feel like one that's important for me is as soon as I um, identify mm-hmm. who I'm following and who I'm not, I've all of a sudden by doing that excluded learning or growing or mm-hmm. benefiting from what is not. Yeah, yeah. So the divisions that Paul talks about over and over again, I feel like the challenge here is if you don't see that you have something to learn from all things God has created, then the way in which the universe is created is you miss out on all the things that God has (laughs) created. Yeah, yeah. So if you can begin to shift the way you view things, people, circumstances, difficulties, and joys, and say all of this is part of God's creation... Mm-hmm. And I can learn, grow, benefit from all because all is mine. It's like this wonderful garden yeah. where God is saying, so eat. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I yeah. say, yeah, I'm just um, a pear guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have excluded so much um, that makes life full, rich, colorful, um, and gives me a far broader range of living. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the challenges to me is how many times have I put on blinders mm. and missed what God's doing on one side or the other? Yeah. And expecting that certain um, ways of doing things are the only ways. Yep. yep. That God is only speaks through this way or uh, shows up in these people. You know, it's the... The leaders only are the charismatic, uh, outgoing ones who have it all together. And that's not the case. If, if we take seriously that all, uh, all, all that we have, all that we engage with in God's creation are our teachers. And then we can learn from all that God has, has in the creation. That there is a, there's a technicolor. It's not yeah. just in, yeah. you know, shades of gray, but that there is a full breadth of of teaching. It's kind of a fun exercise to read portions of scripture and just make note of the ways in which God chose to speak. Mm. Like, chose to speak through a donkey, <laughs> yeah. chose to uh-huh. speak through um, a rebel, chose to speak through... Um, particular people of questionable character chose the, this guy who's writing this letter is <laughs> yes. a former terrorist exactly so, yeah um yeah it speaks through a storm yeah. speaks through all kinds of methods that we would naturally exclude and say yeah. that's crazy yeah. um so maybe i need to take some of my blinders off this week <laughs> sure or um remind ourselves that even though you and i might be charged as leaders uh, that we learn, we're just leading the learning. <laughs> like we are, um, as a former professor at Point Loma would say, we're the, the lead learners hmm. in the classroom as being teachers and leaders. Yeah, wonderful passage. There's a lot here. Yeah. Looking forward to how God uses you to preach to us. Thanks, Matt. I hope Sunday. you hope you and others will pray that the service itself is... Uh, Um, an expression of mutual learning among all of the people of God. Yeah, thanks be to God. Yeah.